Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Off and running. Bottom of the hour, we'll go to Charlotte. Chris McLean, WFNZ. The Mac Attack Show. Is it true? Are they trying to get Baker Mayfield? What does that mean for the Carolina Kitty Cats? It's the midway point of your work Uh-oh. week. Oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day! I know you can hear me. Let's just boop it. Today's more that what the camera Wednesday hump day is. Indeed. That's Fox NFL analyst Sean Payton. What do you think about that, Saints fans, though? All the reports I continue to pretty much just, you know, say that the Dolphins were going to give $100 million to Sean Payton, and that's what he offered in the floor situation here. Interesting. Where's the wisdom? A little peace, a little humpiness. Matt Rule, what are you doing in Carolina? We'll ask uh, Chris McClain as he comes up at the bottom of the hour. Saints mandatory minicamp day two. Fans allowed out there again today. Did you go? I want to hear from you. If you're listening and you went, your thoughts. I know Jameis Winston made a couple of kids happy when uh, he had finished doing some individual drills. I, I guess not individual drills, but just you know throwing the receivers and stuff. And then they, uh, I don't know if you've seen on some of the sports cast or photos, there's this big giant net with three squares in the middle of it. Or across from left to right on it. And different colors, different sizes. And, you know, they'll take a snap and have to kind of dance around with their feet around some padding that's over on the on the ground. So avoid that. And someone's throwing a pad at them. Avoid that. And then throw at whatever boxes yelled at them. But it's over on the walkway by the stands. Have you ever been to a Saints practice during training camp? You know what I'm talking about. Where the stands are and the walkway meets. So about the 40, 50 yard line, there's this net, big old net. And he walked over and he grabbed it. And it was funny as he walked past most of us, I know me, uh, the graph was all there, um, a bunch of other different reporters. And even I, I remember looking at Mike Natilia and I'm like, man, I just, you forget how big or not even forget, but you don't appreciate, I guess, until you, you're there. I mean, Jameis is six, four and he's not skinny and he's got some size on him and, he walks over, he grabs the thing, and he has the football in his hand, and you know, they got a couple of kids there. And then, you know, they're yelling out his name, and he high fives everybody, and then gets back to, to work and stuff. It, they do a really good job. If you can get out there, and again, it's those tickets to reserve that, to make sure you can get in, and it wasn't by any means 100% capacity or full today. Uh, and they'll, they'll do it again for training camp. But if you want autographs, if you want to see the players up close and kind of, do that. You you do get pretty close. I mean, other than that, you know, five to ten yard marker where we have to we're corralled. We have to kind of stay right there and hopefully we're not in your way too much. But you you do get a pretty good view and an idea uh, of some of these guys in their size and stuff. And and you know, again, having Jameis run right past us and you know having essentially two seasons of no locker room, you you kind of forget. The size. Now granted, I'm five seven. So everybody's bigger than me. Okay? <laughs> Everyone is. But um and again it's why I feel if this guy can get healthy, if this guy can get some weapons, I, I it's there. It, it it's there for him to do. Um if it comes to and I am. I I've made no bones about it. I am rooting for him. I I, I like the guy. I think he's come in here and tried to make this his team. Which has got to be awkward when you competed against that organization and franchise for five years. Um, I also think he's doing everything he can the right way to earn the respect of his teammates and going out there and, you know, going through OTAs, which is voluntary and doing it while still rehabbing and still getting ready, you know, with his mind. So as you heard him say earlier, the leash being on, he's just listening and just trying to be cautious with the knee as it comes along. But the question will be, as again, tomorrow is the last day, and then you're off for six weeks. It's six Wednesdays from today, day one of Saints training camp. We're going to have the top three, top five questions heading into camp. One of them will be, how much are we going to see, and if at all, should we see Jameis Winston play in a preseason game? 
got six weeks to answer it, but, you know, it's off the cuff. I mean, do you you think it's important that Jameis plays in those preseason games? He was asked along those lines of him wanting or not wanting to, and how does he view the preseason? Uh, I I think that's going to be up to to Coach Coach D.A. Uh, I I know I'm going to be definitely ready uh, when it it comes to preseason. But right now, man, I'm just focused on getting better every day, going out there, embracing my teammates, uh, and and growing in this offensive system and, and getting to know everybody again. I think one of the things that's going to be important that obviously you're going to see, you know, the here's a quarter, here's a driver series, and then that third game is sort of the ramp up. I I do think when you have three new receivers, right, and and Michael Thomas, by all indications, you probably aren't going to get time on task, full speed work in until camp if you're if, if things go well. I do think they need to get some snaps in a game setting, in a game mode, right? Um, not that I'm not already thinking of the beating in Atlanta, but I mean, it, it is a division foe and it is the Falcons and I, I, I'd like them to know, not learn that play altogether. Not that they wouldn't. I, I, you know what I mean? I, and I think a lot of these guys are probably still going to get together in the next six weeks. Have workouts, even if it's throwing, even if it's doing things. Very rarely do you see these guys really just take the next six weeks completely off um, before training camp gets going. A little bit more from Jameis Winston here. And it's the two guys that he's going to be working with the most. First, it's Carmichael. You, you heard Mark Ingram say there's really no, no difference. Mark Ingram, I'll play him first, and then I'll play what Jameis has to say, in that it's the same culture and really – kind of the same offense with Pete. I don't see any difference in him. I mean, he's kind of always been in that role, even over the years. Sometimes he's called games, he's installed plays in front of the team. So, I mean, he's the same old Pete, you know, the mad scientist, just uh, drawing up plays, drawing up schemes so we can go out there and cause havoc. So, uh, I haven't noticed anything different. Everybody's just, just still cool, still same bloodline, still the same culture. Um, everything's going smooth. All right, so there you go. And that was Mark Ingram's take on that. Here's Jameis Winston on Carmichael. Well, the, the the great thing is he's been the same guy since when I first got here. Uh, his his mind, uh, his attention to detail, been in the meetings, he's been basically in that same role. Uh, and I actually preseason, I got a chance to hear him call plays uh, then. So I'm, I'm very used to, uh, to Pete. And uh, he's been in this scheme for, for 16 years. Like, he, he's excellent at what he does. And we truth. Honestly, we trust Pete with this whole offense, right? Because this, this is his offense too. So I thought that was interesting and I wanted to play that here at the top of, of, of our three because again, that is one of the, you know, national storylines. And even here locally, can Pete Carmichael call a play? Does he know what he's doing? How will he handle game day? Well, I think it's interesting to hear two people that have been around him, one longer than the other, Mark Ingram, 12 years. But to hear him say that it's the same person, he points out, as we heard through Drew Brees and Sean Payton, that Pete Carmichael is in those meetings on Saturday night before the game to go over the scripted plays, how they want to do that. So philosophically... I think you have as is what you've been having. Um, now his demeanor, his style, I, I think again, as we said, sometimes, you know, Sean, I think called plays and, and did things on emotion. That's good and bad, <laughs> right? We all love petty Sean. Who doesn't love petty Sean? But sometimes Sean can get real petty or get a little emotional and the play calling goes away. Um, you know, like when it's snowing and we just, Refused to run the football. Anyway, that's neither here or there. That was years ago. So I think it is going to be interesting to to see it. But I I just thought it's interesting to hear Jameis Winston, who's now on his third season with them, and and him say we trust him and, and do those things and, and just go right along. The other thing and aspect why I keep saying I, I think he's going to have a better season than most think he will is he actually has weapons. And again, yesterday, Jarvis Landry stood out, right? Just stood out. You can just see. I mean, again, he's a five-time Pro Bowl receiver that you're adding to a receiving core that couldn't catch last year, by the way, people. 
couldn't catch. <laughs> you remember, right? Couldn't catch a ball anyway. Um, and that's going to help your accuracy too. When you got guys like Landry being able to make one hand catches or just catch the ball, you, you don't feel the need to pinpoint accurately have to deliver the football or, you know, maybe have to drive that football into the shoulder pads and things of that nature. Roy, we don't have weapons. We have accessories. <laughs> Stop it. You can't tell me Jarvis Landry isn't a weapon. Anyway, here's Jamison Jarvis. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing about having a, a veteran guy with, with great savvy. Like, he's just a baller who knows how to get open, right? And I really admire that so much about him because it's, it's, it's a part of that where, uh, that's, that's the receiver's job, right? Hey, get open. <laughs> like, no matter how detailed the route is, no matter, you know, the, the, the specific coverage, man, when you find a way to get open, you get the ball. Imagine that. Get open. And catch the ball. Catching the ball always very, you know, it's kind of part of the requirements of being a professional receiver, catching the ball. Uh, the other thing he was asked about after practice yesterday, 100% attendance, seeing everybody together for the first time. Man, like that's what it's all about, like getting the whole band back together and going out there and, and balling. Uh, so it was good to see AK, good to see Marshawn and DeMario in this thing. So, uh, man, I'm just excited. Yep, so that's... Um, something you obviously see when you get out there, you, again, see a team that I think is very talented. I really do. Um, as far as AK, the mindset. AK is always ready, locked and loaded. Like he's one of the best players in this league, so he's always ready. Be interesting to see if he's available, uh, at all, or probably have to wait to training camp for that to happen. My guess would be that. That we will not hear from Alvin Kamara until training camp. Not the thing that Jameis Winston, uh, touched on as well is how the OTAs and everything have gone so far. And he gives credit to that coach. Uh, I just love DA's approach, uh, how he stepped in and, and being a, a commander of men and, uh, has showed great leadership, uh, and great dialogue with all of us. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited, uh, to, to, and looking forward to the season. We're working with him continuously. There it is. Easy enough. Uh, quick break. When we come back, we'll play a little bit more. 800-998-1003. Let's hear from the Honey Badger and also Pete Werner. That's a position where, again, I think some Saints fans are still waiting for Quan Alexander to join the team, take on over as the starting role. Um, I don't think that's happening. Let's hear from Pete next on ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. One injury that is sure to interrupt participation in athletic activity is injury to the anterior cruciate ligament. This is commonly known as an ACL tear. The ACL is considered the athletic ligament of the knee. It functions to resist anterior tibial translation and rotational loads. Both contact and non-contact ACL injuries occur, although non-contact tears and ruptures are most common. A cut and plant movement is the typical mechanism that causes an ACL tear. That being a sudden change in direction or speed with the foot firmly planted. Rapid deceleration moments, including those that involve planting the affected leg to cut and change direction, have also been linked to ACL injuries, as well as landing from a jump, pivoting, twisting, and direct impact to the front of the tibia. Female athletes are more susceptible to ACL injuries due to biomechanical factors. So coaches of female athletes especially should incorporate ACL prevention exercises into workout routines. Prevention programs should be started in the off-season, well before the playing season begins. Always warm up before playing. It is important to get blood circulating to the muscles before starting a game or practice. Being flexible enough to move freely can help you maintain ideal form. Include stretches for your thighs, calves, and hips and pay particular attention to any areas that are especially tight. Develop body awareness through strengthening the hips, core, and thighs. A variety of squats and lunges are a couple of exercises that can build strength. Using proper technique is crucial. Develop body awareness through balance. 
Many injuries occur when an athlete is off balance. Like anything, balance gets better with practice. Begin with sturdy surfaces and advance to uneven footing. Run to a lawn or cone. Plant your outside foot without letting your knee collapse inward to change direction. Move in patterns that take you front to back, side to side, and diagonally. Start by running slowly so you can concentrate on good position. Always jump, land, stop, and move with your knees directly over your feet. Begin by jumping straight upward several times. Spring up, then land with your feet and knees pointing straight ahead. Careful not to let your knees buckle inward. Let your knees bend softly each time you land. Practice proper landing technique until it becomes second nature. Keep your knees bent, your chest high, your glutes back, and land softly. Remember, quality workouts are the key to keeping you safely in the game. Adequate sleep, rest days, and alternating hard workouts with easier workouts are all important strategies to help reduce your risk of injury and make you a strong, powerful athlete. If you have questions about injury prevention strategies, please contact us at the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502-493-4502 or www.thibodeau.com, www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting in Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Today. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I, I, I felt like today there was a little bit of give and take. You know what I mean, and 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 uh, certainly that's it's kind of what you want, um, obviously when you're the head coach, because uh, you know you don't want one side of the ball dominating the other. You want to see that there's a little bit of give and take, and and that's generally what happens uh, in in the better teams that I've been a part of. So um, so yeah, there were some good plays that that we made on defense today, but I also felt like there were some things we did well on offense. That is Dennis Allen, his thoughts on how practice went today. Mandatory minicamp day two. It'll wrap up tomorrow, the first two days, yesterday and today. Fans were allowed to participate and watch. Jack, thank you for calling the Sports Hangover, sir. How are you today? All right, Gus. How you doing? Doing good, man. Thank you. I, I know the weather had to be better, better in Vermont, so glad you made it back. Dude, 71 um, for high, 57 for low. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, oh, I mean, exactly. I was just laughing. I just literally sat outside. I was never inside. <laughs> Ever. I, w- I wouldn't have left. But, um, yeah. hey, Gus, um, uh-huh. there's that, that uh, Max Kellerman does yeah. all during the day. Y'all play it all day long. And it's about, it's about Danny Dimes with the Giants. But I think it might apply to Jameis and to your buddy Roy, okay. uh, his quarterback. When you don't have a franchise quarterback, you squint so you don't see everything. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like I, that. I, I think that took uh, that could apply to both places. Yeah. So, um, hey, you're pretty astute on these things. Uh, do you think that? Do you think I'm I'm trying to piece things together or not? But when I see, like, even yesterday or the day, I think I forgot what day of the week it was, but I I know it was this week. Just more and more stories on the Dolphins giving $100 million, or they were prepared to give $100 million to Sean. And then Mickey, you know, unable to formulate his, his words or thoughts and needing more time. I do you, I, I think he caught the Saints by surprise. Do you? The more I think about it, I do. I mean, I've heard some people say in the last few days that they thought he kind of checked out the last season. Yeah. So maybe he knew he was doing this. But you're right. I don't think the Saints expected him I to guess, walk out. Yeah. And um, also, I, also, I'm sorry, but I also agree with the, the call he had uh, uh, either the last one or the one before where he was saying, I don't think Sean's going anywhere where he can't win the Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to have, I don't think he's going to go somewhere where he's got to piece it together. And I agree with you. It's, it, if the ch- guy in, the, in uh, with the Chargers doesn't get it together, I could definitely see him going there. Yeah, so. I, I, I think the Chargers are right there. I mean, I um, and again, I'm not saying that Brandon Staley can't be the that guy, but you know, 
I'll say this. No, last, I'll say this. Last year was it? Last year? Yeah, it was last year when he was when when, when the Bengals were getting up sack. It was Sackapalooza, right? It was the the Titans game. I think it was the Titans game. Uh, I was texting somebody that covers the team who's close to you know got DM'd by Sean Payton because he tweeted. What are the Bengals offensive line doing and how would you fix this? Whatever. Or something along those lines. And Sean DM'd him and he gave the explanation. He's like, well, they're trying to do this. All they need to do is a simple shadow or, you know, or a shade one direction and, and kind of doing that there. It's a coaching thing. And if you remember when he retired the next day, he went on Dan Patrick and Dan Patrick tested him and said, all right, well, tell me what, what you saw with the Bills and Chiefs. And he pointed it out right then and there. That that's the thing, man. That's what I'm saying. It's like that guy on that Bengals team last year, they won the Super Bowl. I, I thought they made some terrible right. coaching, you know, decisions and thing. But and the same thing with, you know, Brandon Staley. I I Sean Payton on those two teams is winning a Super Bowl. There's no question. Well, I mean like I said, I couldn't agree with you more. When you look at they already had a good roster, and then when you look what they did in the offseason I mean, they're just loaded. I mean, Dude, if there's a better the option in the NFL, you have to show it to me. <laughs> the charges went off. And, um, and look, Gus, I, I, I think the Saints can make it to the playoffs this year. I do. I just think that some people who are evaluating the team are a bit too optimistic. Okay. I think there's a few things that have to go. I think there's a few things that have to go right. I'm worried. I'm, I'd be worried about the guards. Um, um, you know, I think I think they'll be okay at tackle, but I mean I don't have any faith in Pete or or the, or the, or the kid they drafted from Michigan. Um, um, they should have drafted a running back. Yeah. Uh, and and look, their two best defensive players are going to be thirty three when the season starts. Right. You know, Demario Davis and Cam. And, and I agree with you. You guessed before. They they, they really need a Marcus. To step up to see. They can't, they can't have him in here all year long. Because I'll tell you what, if he did manage to stay healthy all year long, I really do think he could be all pro. But I mean, he can't stay on the field. Yeah. I mean, dude, that, that's the thing. And, and, and like I said, fair or not fair, Jack, when, when you get selected first overall and the team uses that year's first round pick and trades a first round pick to get you, in my book, that's two first round, you're, you're two first round picker. Right, I mean, I mean, it's just selection. I mean, it, they cost me two first rounds that year's pick, and in the first round, and the following years. To me, it's you know two picks. So, um, you at that position, how do you measure success in production? And normally, as an end, it's sacks, it's pressures, it's disruption, right. it's things like that. And the fact that Scott cut me off and said, "Well, it's availability," I'm like, "Well, well." If we're going to availability right now, that then that that did not pan out. I mean, if if no. if that's where we are, you know, we should be discussing: Does he sack enough? Is he good against the run? You know, are we worried about the market snatching him. I mean, like Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson's a perfect, and that guy had injuries. That guy didn't play when he first got here. And but I remember though, Jack. I don't know if you remember me. Marlon Favorite would have like training camp practices, and he'd come on the show, and I'm like, that guy killed it at practice. Like when we were able to watch the training camp practices indoors, he always had a sack every team period. Every team period. And I'm like, why doesn't he play? I don't understand why he doesn't play. I never understood it. I never understood it. Every practice, Jack, that guy was sacking somebody. Every practice. But I, I really do think if Marcus plays 15 games, he'll be a double-digit sack guy. I don't think yep. that's the problem. He's got to stay yep. on the And look, and, and Gus, I'm, I'm going to get out. But then I, I really do think the same kind of pressure's on Olave. Because, look, they could have used those picks, you know, for depth. You know, they, they could have used it for offensive line depth. They needed a running back. They could have used it. But they traded up for him, so I think there's a little more pressure than there might have been. Also, Peyton Turner. Look, the Saints were, I mean, I saw a lot of draft lists. They're the only ones who had him in the first round. I mean, uh, I heard, I heard, um, um, Mike Cotillier the night they were drafted, that they, that it was drafted, he was speechless. Yeah. Because nobody could believe he got taken in the, in the first round. So, I mean, there were guys behind him, 
Saints definitely could have used. So I, I, I don't, I, I don't think that's the, you know, the only qu- you know question. But anyway, guys, thanks for taking my call. Have a good afternoon. Not a problem. Man. Take care. As always, that is Jack. Um, one of the other things again that really is standing out to me, obviously with, with Jameis and, and everything else, and it's uh, I, I keep hearing players talk about how they're handling with or, or how Dennis Allen's handling them and, and it's different players at different positions and you know again I know it's early but it's not a bad thing right now um you heard Will Lutz talk about Dennis Allen uh yeah I mean you know I've been fortunate to be here with him the last seven years and um you know I've said it before there's no replacing Sean Payton but I think you know Dennis has come in and you know, he's kind of setting his standard, kind of trying to kind of, um, you know, it's, it's a new, it's his program now. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's going to be ran the way he, want, he wants it to be. And I think, you know, there's been no drop off. It's been a smooth transition and, you know, we've kept most of the staff around. So you know, I think it's been good. I think everyone's been happy with it. I think that's going to be like my, my over, overall thoughts that I would probably wrap up tomorrow after practice is just, I, it, it honestly does feel like business as usual there. And again, I don't know what you would expect maybe, but you know, uh, Roy's dolphins, right? All you read is different energy with, you know, with boy genius over there, you know, and just like, you know, he's, they're asking him what he likes to eat for dinner. And he's talking about sushi and stuff like that. It's just different personalities and different coaches and different styles. I mean, you saw it here when, when Sean showed up, he took Bill Parcells' edict to to be the word of God, right? Find out what's kept them from winning and, and fix it. And, and, and a lot of that was culture. And he quickly established that he was the ship's captain, the first mate, the officer, that nothing happened in that building without his say-so. Period. End of story. From employees to reporters to team. I know there's other people in different position groups. I'm telling you, the gum that's chewed, the stuff that's on the lockers, what's on the TVs, the video, everything. Everything. He was involved in everything. And, again, it breed, that kind of stuff breeds success. It also, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a welcome change to have somebody maybe not wound up as much. And I mean by that. I don't mean it like in a bad way, but you're hearing it from players. It's a more relaxed yet. It's a, it's, it's still, a, it's, it's a business approach. It's just, it's just being done differently, but it is the same sort of ship. It's just like I, I use the reference early in the off season, like in the military, they rotate COs and XOs, the captain and uh, the executive, you know, officer. They, they rotate them on purpose every what two years to keep fresh, fresh everything going around. But you still is run the Navy's way. If that makes any sense. So let's see what happens. Quick break. We come back. We'll go up to Charlotte. What what is all of this going on about Baker Mayfield? Is he really going to be a Carolina Kitty Cat? Are we going to be talking about him? And they apparently they not only want this done, they want it done like they wanted him to participate in mini camp, like today. And stuff. So let's talk to Chris when we come back. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. So keep your eyes set on the horizon on the line where blue meets blue. And I bet that silver lining will I know it find you soon. Because I have sailed a thousand ships to you. But my messages don't seem to make it through. This week at Macy's, give love, give style with an extra 25% off gifts for Father's Day when you use your coupon or Macy's card. Or shop specials like 25% off designer underwear, undershirts, and socks, polos from Club Room, Alfani, and more, $14.99 to $24. And a rugged Esquire bracelet for $24.99 with a qualifying purchase. Going on now at Macy's. Shop on the Macy's app to score deals, track savings, and mark your faves. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Dad deserves double the thanks this year. So this Father's Day, give him the power tool system that has everything for every job. The RYOBI One Plus tool system now on special buy. Over 260 RYOBI tools powered by one interchangeable 18-volt battery. 
And for a limited time, when you make a qualifying Ryobi purchase, you get one select tool or battery free. Feels like Father's Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid through July 31st, 2022. Valid at participating stores and online. Limit one per transaction. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The bottom line about the quarterback situation is because they're so important, and there are only so many of them that are actually elite. Either you have one or you don't. So what happens when someone doesn't have one? They start squinting and seeing what they want to see. Daniel Jones, yeah, he can run and he can throw. So they start seeing what they want to see. That's why the Mitchell Trubisky thing was all right, because based on what was available for them, they went out and got the most athletic guy. They How's that look now? GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Always appreciate time. Mr. Chris McLean gives us here on the Sports Hangover. Chris, how are you, bud? Hey, what's going on, Gus? How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so it, 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 it's a long story. It was an adventure. I had to go to my nephew's graduation in Vermont. Two canceled flights, two broken planes, just back and forth. It was it was a lot. So I barely got to kind of check in on things while I was gone. But I Baker Mayfield. Panthers minicamp. What 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 is going on up there? Are they trying to get Baker Mayfield, Carolina? Oh, jeez. But Gus, let me tell you right now. I feel like I have spent I don't know seventy percent of the last three months talking about Baker Mayfield. I'm not even sure I want anything to do with Baker Mayfield here in okay. Carolina. But here we are. It will not go away. There is no doubt the Panthers and Browns are talking right now. But it seems like the Panthers have a Money point that they will not go over. They would like the Browns to pick up the rest of his 19 million. Um, Panthers really, I've been told, don't want to go over, you know, around 5 million or so, uh, for this last year of his contract. So it's, it's coming down to money. The folks I talk to over there insist the Panthers aren't going to blink that if they can't get this down to their price point, because they already, you know, owe Sam Darnold 19 million. That's, right. that's a great thought for us. But if they can't get it down to their price point, Folks over there insist to me they just won't do it, and they'll roll with Sam Darnold and Matt Corral. So this is this is the rumor that won't go away. I know there were reports, and probably they're the ones you saw that they would have liked to have gotten him in right. for minicamp this week. You know, to start learning the offense. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen um, unless something is literally done the next couple minutes, right. and he flies immediately to Charlotte because <laughs> tomorrow is the final day of minicamp, and then it's off until training camp at that point. Ah, speaking with Chris McLean at Mac WFNZ over on Twitter. You know, the thing that, that trips me up about all this, it's never good when Skip Bayless is out there tweeting, please don't trade him over there. But the dynamic that's so interesting to me, and I almost see so many similarities this year with the Saints and Panthers and a couple of issues. Quarterback, right? Both teams went after Deshaun Watson. I don't know how you feel right now. I, I went, whew, when he decided he to go to Cleveland. Um, but, you then have to move forward with a quarterback. And Jameis Winston, for four weeks we've seen, whether it's a limp or whatever, is out there through knee rehab working and showing he's this team's quarterback. I, I, I hate this word, but how distracting is it for Sam or Matt that they're trying to do the same? Yet here, here we are again, Carolina's trying to get another quarterback. Yeah, well, I'm sure for Sam. I mean, Matt, I think, is at the point where – He's just trying to throw himself into this, learn the offense. I mean, Matt Rule talked yesterday. There's no timetable for Macarau to play. It's one of these where it's just just learn as much as you can. And as far as Sam, I mean, it's got to be killing him. I know he he had a presser today after practice, and I know he said all the right things. Hey, I'm just working on me becoming a better quarterback. But it's pretty obvious that they are interested in replacing you. And, I mean, I'm sure that's in his head. And for a guy who – doesn't seem to play with confidence when he's out there in conviction. I mean, I can't imagine it helps, but I would think by by the time we get to training camp, I would think either Baker Mayfield's going to be on this team or he's not. And Gus, I would hope for everyone's sake, including Sam's, that it, you know if he's not on the team at that point, you know it's it's just not going to happen because it can't. I'm sure it can't help Sam. And uh, like I said, I mean, I know, Gus, you probably have those radio topics where you're like, this story will not go away. That mm-hmm. is the Baker Mayfield Carolina thing. They have been flirting 
for months um, playing the game of chicken, trying to figure out who will pay what, you know, to Baker for the upcoming season. Talking with Chris McLean, host of the Mac Attack over there in Charlotte, WFNZ, at Mac WFNZ on Twitter. So give me that that feel. What I mean, when you take the calls and people call, are, are they pro-Baker? Are they pro-get-rid? Because from here, I'm like, I don't know what Matt Rule wants or who he is and what what is they're trying to do, right? I mean, it's flavor of the month or the week with the quarterback here. But, well, I mean, from Panthers fans, how are they feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think it's split. I mean, I don't think – I think there's a lot of fans that just kind of see Baker as the next kind of veteran, you know, reject from another team that we would take on here. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater got a three-year, $63 million deal in the first year of Matt Rule's rebuild. That never made sense to me. I, I never understood why. Like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater seems like a quarterback if your roster is kind of advanced – and maybe you're trying to find a nice game manager. I never understood why they would put him in charge of this young rebuilding team. That didn't work out. That lasted one year. Then you get to Sam Darnold, and, I mean, it's not like there's a lot of people here that have a lot of faith that Sam's going to be the guy, but I think there are some people that are just like, you know what, just cut your losses, let Sam play out his final year. Next year's supposed to be an amazing quarterback draft. You've got young Matt Corral. So I think there's some people that are just like, Gus, let's just let's not bring in another veteran who wore out his welcome somewhere else. I, I, that's kind of the camp I've been in. Right. You know, just kind of be patient at this point. But I, the Baker, the, and talking to people over there that know what's going on, if the Panthers can kind of get this thing on their terms where they're not responsible for more than like five million of the salary, I think they, they're talking with the, Browns, or with the uh, Browns about like a date three pick maybe a sixth-round pick for Baker. And I have been assured, and again, I, I know things can change, but their intention is not to, hey, if he plays well, hey, let's let's get Baker locked into a, the three-year deal or so after. Like They intend for this to be a rental, just an upgrade over Sam mm-hmm. to see how many games this team can win because the roster does have a lot of strength outside this big weakness at the quarterback spot. If they can do it with minimal you know, risk and minimal investment, Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world, but it just it just has the vibe, Gus. And you were hinting at it there in your question. It just has the vibes of let's like we call it spin the wheel of mediocrity. You know, the Panthers <laughs> spin the wheel, and it's like, oh, this is the quarterback we're going to go with this year. You know, and it it, it, ha- it kind of has those vibes. Although I will admit, I do think when healthy, Baker is definitely an upgrade over Sam. So it's interesting. I remember back in the day before Sean Payton and even when he first started, there's a hallway with old pictures and we used to call it the hall of mediocrity because it was always about players that never went to the playoffs, right? I mean, there really wasn't anything on there, but it's interesting because I think culture and and how people fit, organizations fit with their coaches and stuff. You know, Tyron Matthews speaking after practice yesterday, he's talking about building the culture and that he wanted to be here Landry. He wanted to be here and play with Winston and, all these things that are happening with the Saints offseason. And I just wonder, because there is some talent on that roster, Chris, and yeah. you just wonder how not knowing at that position, but also, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say players look over your shoulder, but I'm going, man, if my coach doesn't know what he's doing or what's the plan with that position, how am I supposed to sort of feel with that? Because I, I think of, like, Luke Keekley. I think of that, like, was the embodiment for your Panthers, right, that just heart, passion, everything mattered and it's just i just wonder when you have stuff like this it just comes across like well who's running it and and what where where are we going right now where do you want me to run here well first of all uh thanks for uh, for making me realize that the face of the team has gone from someone like luke keekley or cam to sam darnold all right that's i just thought about that as you were saying that that's a sad thought guys all right but that's our reality in carolina i don't they have been a little it does suck too because i really do think the roster is coming along. Like I know they, I said they believe that, and I really do too. I think you know this defense was ranked second in the league last year, and I know they lost to Son Reddick, but I think they have kind of a group of pass rushers to go with Brian Burns that you know can kind of fill the void. I think they have a young secondary that's really coming together, um, and you know I love Shaq Thompson in the middle of this defense. They actually, I believe this year will have an offensive line for the first time in years that I think will not get a quarterback killed. You know, they've made three big additions there, including the first-round draft pick, Icky Kongwu from NC State. 
And then you go to the skill positions, and it all comes down to, I think they have some good receivers, and I think it comes down to if McCaffrey can stay healthy. But it's just, it stinks, Gus, because you know in football, all that stuff's fine. This is not like another sport where if you feel good about, you know, 90%, you know, of your starters, like you're going to have a heck of a team because you can feel good about 90% of those positions. But if the position that you are scared to death about and feel like could be real bad is quarterback, it just seems to not matter. So I feel like they've done a good job building other parts of this roster, but there is no secret they have whiffed on the quarterback position. And if we could go back in time, I I would love to have seen them just go after that young first-round quarterback, maybe year one. I mean, they they had interest in Justin Herbert. They were one spot behind the Chargers. And hindsight, I know, is twenty twenty, but it's sure. like, man, if you make a trade up there, instead, yeah. you know, instead of all the stuff they've invested in Darnold, Teddy, and all this, yeah, and go after Herbert. I mean, what could it be like now? So, I don't know. Now I'm sad, Gus. I'm I, mean, sorry. Sad, I didn't mean to you know? do that. To you. Look, it's the <laughs> midway point of the world. Carolina league. getting better, but still a huge question mark at QB. <laughs> Host of the I'm Here and Sad Show. No, I'm kidding. Look, so give, give us a quick summary, sir, of the, the last four weeks. Over here, the storylines, I'll give them to you in 10 seconds. Jameis, man, I think the fact that he's here, seeing Matthew, Landry looks like the real deal, Olave, I'm just, I can't wait. Like, I'm pumped. Like, but, but that's kind of what our storylines have sort of been, you know, seeing the new faces and old faces and guys that are injured or not. But I guess there's one down thing that you may like. Wait, Marcus Davenport per DA, I mean, Dealing with a shoulder and finger may or may not be ready to start a training camp. So there you go. Oh, well, I don't want to dance on anybody's injury, you know, no, right. uh, here. I know, exactly. I know what you think of me, Gus. I know you just think I'm a classless Saints hater from Carolina. I understand that. And basically, I usually am, but I'm not that classless. <laughs> I don't know, man. I look at the Saints, and, and I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to Jameis, too. Right. I, I, it seemed from afar like he was off to a pretty good start before the injury last year. Um, I think the defense is still solid. Weaponry, you've definitely added, like you mentioned. I mean, I think the Saints are in that spot where we would like to see Carolina get to. You know, we'd like to see them get to that number two spot in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it, the quarterback thing is the one that holds me back. I think the rest of our roster is ready to compete. It's the quarterback thing. I don't know if they, I do feel like Baker can add a couple of wins, you know, if we were to have him rather than Sam. But I don't know if it makes us better than the Saints. I am kind of curious, though, and I'm sure y'all have talked this one out, you know, the way we've talked this Baker thing out. But I am kind of curious what it's like without Sean Payton. I mean, I'd be, I could not stand Sean Payton. He was like my public enemy number one. <laughs> I thought he was so damn arrogant, but right. I also think he's so damn good, yeah. you know. And if, all, if David Tepper next year made a change of coach, I, I would, I'd be screaming, you know, hey, throw mil? all your money at Sean Payton. <laughs> you know, that's how much I respect him. Yeah. But I do wonder, Gus, how much of a loss that is, losing Payton and, and having Dennis Allen. I, like, have you been worried about that, or, or you seem pretty chill? I am pretty chill, and it's mainly because most of the players keep saying that it's it's business as usual, and it's not anything really different than that. And I think from that standpoint, it's probably why – you made the move that that you did to um to do that. I mean, and I, I guess here's the other th- aspect of it too, Chris. Uh, I, he coached a pretty good defense last year, so you pretty much got most of those players back. Or if you you have to be able to coach a certain amount and, and know that. And and quite honestly, when you have an offensive coordinator like Pete Carmichael and everything else that's sort of been there, your staff's kind of almost like that. It is almost business as usual, and, and that's that's what it's felt. The the, the OTAs I've been able to go to, and the minicamp practices I've been able to go to, that's what it feels like. Well, two things we can agree on probably in the South. One is, Tom Brady, why the hell did you do that to us? Why did you tease us like that? Although, dude, you guys seem to do pretty well against Brady. Number two is, the Falcons are going to be absolute doo-doo, and that's a beautiful <laughs> thing, right? It's Anytime we can make fun of them. You're right, Chris. It, it makes it for a beautiful day. So you see, at the beginning and here at the end of our segment, it's always a good time to chat. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate the time. At MacWFNZ is the way to follow Mr. Chris McLean. He's the host of the Mac Attack over there in Charlotte. Always appreciate the time. Final segment when we come back next on ESPN New Orleans.
Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pestop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, they're back, man. The flies that just won't let you have peace in your kitchen. Oh, you must be talking about the little bitty ones. Yes, indeed. Yeah, those are likely fruit flies or drain mm. flies. Fruit flies normally get brought in from produce and yeah. grocery stores. You remember we did this a couple of years ago, and so many people were talking about, man, when y'all were talking about that, we've been having that problem, and you solved it. Yeah, exactly, because it's the solution is not where you think. Mm. It's in the drain. We have a product. You just treat the drains for five nights straight before you go to bed so there's no water in there. The little enzymes go in there, and they eat up all the egg and the larvae and all the debris that's in the drain. And then guess what? No more drain flies. So where can I get this in the New Orleans area? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. In a few minutes before today's show wraps up, Matt Muscodin after further review. Buddy back in the LaRose studios. Jordan, give him a follow at J.D. Kleber over on Twitter. Again, a massive thank you to Jack Benjamin doing two days, Friday and Monday. The Graph, Matty, Jordan, Scott from Katie's last Thursday. Gosh, that was a week ago tomorrow. Uh, we'll be at Francesca tomorrow. Deli and Pizzeria by Katie's. We will be there tomorrow. Uh, 515 Harrison. So stop on by. I will have Monster Jam tickets and some pit passes as well. That's the pregame show, the pre-show. You can walk around on the floor of the dome and check out the monster trucks up in close in person, which is awesome. And that's in July. It's coming up. I believe July 9th, I think is that Saturday. Uh, I will check. I just found out it was Wednesday in my head. So yes. Uh, yep. It's July 9th. So I'll have that tomorrow here as well. And then also it'll be the last day of Saints mandatory mini camp before they wrap up. And if you count today, or I guess you wouldn't count today, six more Wednesdays. How about that? So not next Wednesday, but five more from next Wednesday. Forget what I'm getting at. Day one of Saints training camp. That's it. I don't know if that if that's a good thing or a bad thing because I, I I said that earlier, and I was talking to my wife what I like one in the morning because I, I got in late last night. Again, as I told you, the plane, two broken down planes. He eventually did make it, <laughs> uh, last night, but we, um, we just kind of chatting and I'm like, okay, here it is. This is where we got the rest of the summer. And I said, you know, training camp starts in six weeks and she like panics. She's like, well, when are we going to do this? And when, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, cause obviously for so many people, especially in our industry in the field, once camp starts, I mean, it's on, you're, you're on. And you know, obviously when we do basketball and everything else, it just, you're off and running. So six weeks doesn't really sound like a lot, right? Six weekends, six uh, six Wednesdays, and then it's training camp. Anyway, but I, look, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it again. We'll recap it tomorrow and kind of look at the upcoming storylines and things of that nature. What I do find interesting is I'm surprised it hasn't gotten a lot more traction of it, but, you know, a player like... um. George Kittle maybe can help that, and he's trying to do it even more. He was on Kevin Hart's um, podcast, and the San Francisco tight end, again, like others, Richard Sherman, Leonard Fournette, Emmanuel Sanders, Kamara from the Saints, Adrian Amos, Darius Slade, David Johnson, publicly last year when the new CBA came out, 
and they and, well not CBA when they moved it to 17 games, um, there were a lot of people that were unhappy about it. And to me, I said this too. I I don't understand why you wouldn't have two buys. And he said that it's a huge physical toll. 17 games is a lot. It's a lot of games. And with one buy, whether it's week four or if the buy is week 11, I'm advocating for two buys. But the physical toll you feel week in and week out. He says that when it comes to money and NFL players putting into their bodies, when it comes to maintenance and upkeep, the tight end was asked for a ballpark estimate of how much he spends on his body yearly. He said a couple of hundred thousand. Couple hundred. He also adds that adding another buy, we could save NFL players some dollars and cents when it comes to their bodies, and that it could be some positive ramifications for the league as well. Look, I, to me, if you're going to add in, I know a lot of people say it's just another game, but those games become ever more important towards the end. As you see this week with a very late buy for the Saints, that's a lot of games you're hoping those guys aren't injured in. That don't have that bye week of recovery. And it's just one week. It's not a lot. And to me, why I also don't understand why it doesn't make any sense. If you're the NFL, what have you ever cared about anybody else's schedule? You now have scheduled games on Christmas, Thanksgiving, the day after Christmas Eve, every other day, Thursday, Monday, games on Saturday. You're going to tell me scheduling's your issue? Like, you could extend it for as many weeks as you want. I don't understand it. You're, the, the Super Bowl gets picked weeks in advance, in advance and stuff. You, you could do it whenever in February. It doesn't matter if it's the first, second, or third weekend of that month. I, I can't for the life of me understand, not understand, why they don't have another bye week. It makes no sense to me. Like, you can't give me a reason for it at all. Especially when you say you're about player safety. Matt Moscone, and after further review, he is up. I will see you tomorrow at Francesca 515 Harrison in Lakeview on the Sports Hangover. Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. Plus, we're ready to deal on every vehicle in stock for all.